Blog Talk Radio. Hello there and welcome to the Michael Calderon Show. We're so glad you could join us. And uh, it is Monday, June 17, 2019, if you can believe that. Uh, we've, had, uh, we've had a series of some great shows over the past couple of weeks. I've been looking forward to the one we have this evening as well. We have our special guest this evening is going to be Dr. Carissa Champion. And she's more than just a doctor of osteopath. She's also a Juris doctor. She's an attorney. That's right. She's an attorney, and she also has a master's in public health. She's a four-year general surgery resident at the University of Florida Health in Jacksonville. She was the inaugural student in a DOJD dual degree program at Nova Southeastern University and is the third DO in the country to attain both degrees simultaneously and the first physician to achieve both while also pursuing a master's in public health simultaneously. I'm like, wow, right? So before, before medical school, she was a White House intern and worked with the Department of Health and Human Services on health-related initiatives. She's a past AOA Board of Trustees student representative, past national chair of the Council of Osteopathic Student Government Presidents, a past national director of Omega Beta Iota National Osteopathic Political Action Honor Society, a former member of the Board of Trustees of the Academic Consortium on Criminal Justice Health, a past resident representative to the Pennsylvania Osteopathic Medical Association, and a past member of the AOA Brand Awareness Campaign Mm -hmm. Task Force and Strategic Planning Committee. Mm -hmm. Dr. Champion currently serves as a DO care board member on several governmental affairs and mental health committees, as well as a former AOA training and policy studies fellow. So that is quite quite the bio, I have to say. And, um, you know, the, the term... Overachiever comes to mind. Uh, I had I had the the fortunate stance to uh, have met Dr. Champion several years ago. Uh, I think it was 2015, 2016, when uh, when I was with the Broward Partnership for the Homeless, and she was a a student at Nova. So without further ado, we're going to bring on Dr. Carissa Champion. Carissa, how are you this evening? I'm well. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for joining us. I know that uh, that you have such a busy schedule uh, with your current residency in surgery up in Jacksonville. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually just taking a break from a shift that I have to go back to you after this, but... Um... Yeah, I love what I do, and I'm really excited to to get to talk to you tonight. Yes, absolutely, and and I'm so excited to uh, to be able to talk to you. And I know that uh, several several college students that have heard that you were going to be on the show are going to be tuning in uh, as well. Um, many of them females, as a matter of fact, um, which is nice because I think I think that you're a real role model uh, for that. So, um, you know, it's it's wonderful, wonderful to have you on. And I, 
very much appreciate you taking the time uh, to be able to do this as well. And uh, and hopefully they have someone covering for you while you're while you're on the show. I'd, I'd hate for <laughs> yeah. you to have to do surgery in the middle of the show. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be a really interesting show. Um, no, that my my shift's be. actually over, but um, but there's still always work to do. So um, right. I'll be Absolutely. spending time with you and then going back to help out. Okay. H- have you slept at all since we last spoke? <laughs> That's a really great question. Uh, yeah, that's a work in progress. <laughs> yeah. It's it's amazing what a power nap can do for you, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm still learning the uh, the art of napping. I'm to be honest, I've never been very good at that, but um, sometimes it's a necessity for sure. Have you ever Have you ever done yoga or meditation? Yes, actually, I really love yoga and. Um, I think there's a lot of benefit from from meditation that have been proven, and, and I'm sure many people can relate to the effects that uh, just in general taking time to breathe and try to refocus our thoughts on um, being thankful for, you know, the many blessings that we have and uh, just quieting ourselves instead of the chaos around us. So. I don't get to do yoga per se as much as I like to, but um, I definitely try to make um, mental health and fitness um, a part of my almost everyday life. Okay. I think think residency definitely uh, throws a curveball as far as, you know, time and, and where you can spend your time, but as much as possible, I think it's important. Absolutely. And, and you know, just a few weeks ago, I had I had two yogis on, and we were talking about self care. And uh, and I have a little surprise for you because one of them is is my guest co-host today. And oh, great. the two of you, the two of you were in law school together, and that's Laura Zagara. Oh my gosh! Hi. <laughs> Hi, Carissa. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. So good to hear your voice. I know. It's been such a long time. Um, Michael actually invited um, me to the show. It was like a couple of weeks back, and then we're following each other on social media, and I heard that you were going to be on the show, so I sent a little message to Michael. I was like, oh, my God, I went, with, I went to law school with Carissa. How is she doing? And he kindly extended the invitation to co-host with him. So I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes, so excited. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Michael and I were actually talking about, um, I think one thing that I have become passionate about over the last few years is, you know, the buzzword burnout. Um, right mm. now, and I think it's it's more than just in physicians, and and quite frankly, to be honest, I really don't even like the term burnout, but um, I think that's a whole other conversation. But uh, you know, attorneys, physicians, many different professions are realizing that this is such an issue, and in physicians, it's a it's a it's a huge issue. We lose mm. over 400 physicians a year to suicide, and um, we are having 
catastrophic numbers as far as depression and work-related stress that is impairing physicians' mm-hmm. ability to care for their patients and for themselves. So mm-hmm. I've been on a number of um, committees and task forces in, the, in uh, different states as well as nationally to look at this issue. And, um, you know, we're finding out a lot of really interesting information about it. To be honest, I didn't really take it seriously until I started to see some of the studies that came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just there's a lot of data that's coming to light on what a huge problem that is. So I'm glad that um, that you're on so we can, you know, talk about that somewhat too. Uh, but self-care, no matter what your profession, no matter what stage of life you're in, is so important and so hard at the same time. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, when I was uh, with my first job at the firm, you know, it was, it's intense, you know, it's like long hours, it's stress, it's something new. And I definitely had to find the time to take care of myself. And for me, it's been um, like yoga and meditation, as Michael was stating um, earlier in the show, it, it's it's just a fabulous way to release stress, release anxiety, and just connect with yourself and, you know, take time to, yeah, to, like, slow down a bit, right? I'm sure that you as as um, as a doctor and an attorney, I'm like, I know, <laughs> it must be a little crazy. Yeah, I think uh, residency is definitely, I mean, you remember me in law school, Laura, like I, I prided myself on my ability to multitask and to balance law school yeah. and medical school and my master's program and all the things I was involved in. Um, and I think I was a little prideful in it. I was like, hey, I got this. And then I got into residency and mm-hmm. residency is kind of just a different lifestyle. You know, people show it on TV as like Grey's Anatomy or Scrubs mm-hmm. and um, it's definitely a hard part of training for physicians because we don't have control over our schedules. Mm. Uh, And so that I think can be in itself uh, part of the biggest part of our stress is that we just have a lack of control over our own time. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's hard to to make time, you know, for these things. For sure. And Sure. And and what have you been um, doing about it? Um, do you, like, exercise frequently? Do you just, I don't know, like, what do you do to center yourself and to recharge your batteries once in a while? Um, well, I do go to the gym. I've, I've actually started going to work out more this year. And for me, it's a huge stress relief. I love, I row. Um, I love mm-hmm. rowing. It's just a really great way of kind of clearing my brain. Um, mm-hmm. And then besides that, I, um, I'm i really, in, I'm trying to be more involved because I just moved to Jacksonville, actually. I was actually in Philly for a couple of years for the first part of my residency training and then moved to Jacksonville this year for the remainder of my training. Um, mm-hmm. But since moving here, you know, getting involved in a church and, and being involved is, is a really important part of um, how I kind of center myself and refocus on what, you know, is important in life. Cause it's so easy to concentrate all of our focus on our jobs and 
our mm-hmm. identity wrapped around our career. And for me, I think part of training in somewhere where you see death every day mm. and life wow. every day is that it mm. kind of resets your priorities around what's important. Uh, and so for me, I love what I do and I love my job. And at the same time, I know that there's more important things than my career. Um, you know, family and faith and friends and taking care of patients the best that you can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, those are all things that are really important to me. So, right. yeah, I think that, you know, going to church and being involved and having friends and family, making relationships, you know, the most important thing for me has been important. Yeah, and, and let me ask you a question, Carissa. Um did you say earlier, I, I want to make sure I heard you correctly, that we lose about 400 physicians a year? Yeah, well, we, lo- we lose over that. Um, it's becoming, the problem is, is that there's a lot of physician suicide that doesn't really get talked about because it gets, it's just kind of this phenomenon where it kind of gets covered up almost. Um, for example, I've known six or seven residents in the last, year alone, people that I've actually known that committed, well, six of the seven I knew personally, one of them was a friend of a friend, but that committed suicide in the last year. Um, Wow. And there's also medical students, there's, you know, fully trained physicians as well. You know, you think about the things that we deal with on a daily basis, we're, we're handling life and death on a daily basis. And, you know, it can be really hard when you lose people and you lose patients and, um, you know, you do everything that you can to, to save them, and you just sometimes you can't. So it's a really, it's a really hard thing. But I think that's even more so because physicians have always had to deal with that. It's compounded by a lot of the regulations that have been put in place. There's just more and more, you know, bureaucracy and red tape and administrative burden that's placed on physicians that really spreads our time and our energy spin. So whereas we want to be able to concentrate on patient care, now we have all these administrative tasks that really take away from the reason that we went into medicine in the first place. So there's a lot of different stressors, um, but those are some of the big ones. Um, wow. Some studies really are interesting. They show that, you know, med students, um, that med students are some of them, if you've heard the word resiliency, it's a really awesome buzzword right now too. Um, studies have shown that, med students typically have a much higher level of resiliency than the average population before they go into medical school. And then once they leave medical school, they've left with a lower level of resiliency than the average population. So just over the training in medical school, they lose a lot of resiliency um, from just the burden of their training. Um, And that continues on into residency and into um, you know, being and attending. So there's a lot of focus right now on on attorney uh, mental health as well as physician mental health because there's a lot mm-hmm. of uh, information that's kind of coming to light regarding both of those professions and the stress level and, and the repercussions. And I, I want to go back. I want to go back kind of into the early days, Carissa's early days. Did you did you always know that 
that you wanted to be a physician? Um, <laughs> uh, I, I knew that I wanted to be involved with health, and I also knew that I wanted to be involved with social justice. I grew up um, with my parents. They're both nurses. And uh, health was kind of always just a part of my everyday life. You know, I would go to work with my parents and see their patients with them sometimes. Um, I did, you know, mission trips growing up with my church. And I really just became passionate about, I think, overall well-being for people. And that distilled for me down to health and social justice. So kind of was always on this path of like, you know, multiple interests and where those interests mm-hmm. overlap. Um, and I remember when I went into, it's funny that you said the college students were listening because I remember one of like my first big like crises in life was trying to decide what to major in in college. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like, I thought it was like the biggest decision ever. And at the time, it was, but I knew that I was interested in possibly pursuing medical school. And at the same time, I knew that I had all this passion as well surrounding social justice and, you know, international affairs. So I decided to major in international affairs and also pursue pre-med. So I kind of, I kind of have been on this, this pathway for a while, not necessarily Mm-hmm. intending it though like I didn't go into college saying I'm going to be a doctor and a lawyer you know I really didn't know how it was going to end up but um, those twin passions have kind of been there for a long time hmm. and I, okay and I think it's I think it's a great like lesson for all of us if you know you chose to pursue to different but at the same time complementary careers and you did it you know and it's it's fabulous I remember seeing you in law school classes with your scrubs on and it's just, <laughs> I think that you were like a great example for all of us we were most of us like struggled through law school and you were pursuing two degrees so I think it's amazing I think it's just as Michael mentioned earlier, like overachiever, and I don't know, it, it was just an example for all of us. We we really remember you because of that. <laughs> uh, it was definitely a fun time. I I loved I loved law school, and I loved you know our our classmates and everything. We've made some uh, great friendships during that time, and it was. Mm-hmm. Definitely a trying time for all of us. So, um, I have fond memories of it, though. I don't know about you, Laura. I actually enjoyed a lot of law school because of, I think, the people. You know, like you mentioned, that I agree. I agree. I agree. Um, Yeah, I still keep in contact with a lot of people from school. So, I don't know. And we graduated in. 2015 it's already four years since our graduation and you know still going strong so I I completely agree it was it was challenging but at the same time very rewarding and having a support system there was amazing I completely agree with you 
And, and Carissa, and, you – oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> no, please, please. Go ahead. I was just I was just going to say, you know, going off of what Laura was saying is, um, you know, if there are college students or really anyone that's, you know, thinking about career paths, something I learned was just um, I think it's important to really consider what your passions are. For me, mm-hmm. when I started down this path, doing both was not the plan and doing both at the time just didn't make any sense, you know, and it wasn't like, it it didn't have to make sense. But I I realized that if you Mm -hmm. pursue what you're passionate about at the time, that in the end, it it ends up working out somehow, you know, so you might not have the plan or the the journey completely mapped out and figured out, but I think it's Mm -hmm. important to really Mm -hmm. go with as cliche as it sounds, I, I really believe that it's cliche because it's truth and that you have to kind of go with your heart and your gut. Yeah. Um, and I'm glad that I followed that and I would just I would just say that it can be stressful and it can be scary, but I think it's really important to to not try to be like, well, I just want to make a lot of money or, or whatever, unless that's your passion. If that's your passion, then that's you know, your passion. But I think it's important to really think about what you're passionate about and, and go from there. Um, because I definitely didn't think I'm going to be a doctor and a lawyer. I just thought, you know, I really care about people's health and I really care about um, justice. And I just kind of walked down the path and it kind of unfolded from there. Mm. And yet, um, going off of what you were saying and following your heart. Yeah, it's it's a sad cliche, but it's so true. And for example, for me, Carissa, I'm currently not practicing law. Um, I actually opened up my yoga business last year, and that, that's what I've been doing for the last couple of months. So, yeah, it was... How cool. Yeah, and I'm and I'm really happy. I'm very fulfilled. I think that going through law school and having my job as an attorney, I don't know, it... it my, like my life unfolded after that, you know, and I wasn't um, stuck to the idea that since I went to law school, I had to be an attorney and practice forever, you know, and mm. I don't know, I, I just found, I've always loved yoga, um, and I actually got my certification this summer before um, going into law school, and I don't know, I just went at it as a hobby, and right now it's my profession, but I'm happier than ever, and I followed my heart, and that's what I'm doing right now, and it's and it's perfectly awesome. fine, and it's and it's working out for me. I think that that's that's essential as well. Like it really has to work for you as an individual, not what society or anybody expects of you, right? I love that you did that. I think that's so awesome. I remember in law school that you were passionate about yoga even then. Um, yeah, I think that's really awesome. <laughs> I'll have to come take a class sometime. Of course, <laughs> I'd be more than happy to have you. More than, more than, more than happy to have you. So, and it's and it's interesting. It's it's not like I'm not going to practice law ever. You know, I have my degree. I'm keeping my, you know, keeping up with the Florida bar and its requirements. But at this point in my life, that's what I'm doing. And it's fine, and it's and it's making me happy. 
and I don't know, it's just life is, <laughs> it unfolds in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I you, think you, it you know, Laura, Laura, you know, you may, because you are now into wellness, and mm-hmm. health, maybe you should consider medical school. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm good for now, Michael. Thank you. <laughs> Very tempting. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm sticking with yoga for now. It. I couldn't help it. I had to go there. <laughs> you had to go there. <laughs> Although you know you could you you might decide maybe to become a chiropractor or something or acupuncturist, maybe for sure or even like a like nutrition. I'm I'm very into nutrition, so who knows? I might yeah, go back to maybe, school again, and it's fabulous. I yeah, love or, it. or if Carissa comes back to South Florida, mm-hmm. you could have an amazing practice together with uh-huh. health wellness. You know, yoga, meditation, law. That would be great. I would love that. <laughs> I would love that. I'll that move you awesome. through. I'll do the counseling piece. I'll do the counseling piece, and we'll be all set. I think you've got a great plan there. I'm. I'm. I yeah. like that plan. <laughs> yeah, totally yeah, on board. A hundred percent there. <laughs> I'm all for it. I'm all for it. And and Carissa. At which point, at which point, uh, I'm going to look for office space for us tomorrow. At which point, um, <laughs> at, at which point did you decide, okay, I'm, I'm working on my JD, I'm working on my DO, and now I want an MPH also, a master's in public health? Well, um, so when I was in college, I, uh, Kind of like Laura said, I was really interested in nutrition. I was like, maybe I'll be a nutritionist. Maybe I'll go into um, physical therapy. Maybe I'll go into massage school. Like, these were all modalities of health that I really was drawn to, Um, as well as counseling. I even thought about psychology, just in general, like the overall arching umbrella of health. And while I was in medical school, I learned about two things. Or while I was in college, I learned about two um, profession. The first one was um, doctor of osteopathic medicine. So a DO is what I pursued. And it's a medical degree, um, just like an MD, a traditional medical doctor, except doctors of osteopathic medicine go to medical school, plus they, they have about 500 extra hours of training in things like manipulation, um, in different ways of manipulating the body, be it through your muscles and or um, bone structure to restore health to the body. Um, You know, we have a lot of emphasis on approaching a patient as a whole person, including mind, body, and spirit. Um, You know, preventative medicine is a a big part of our curriculum. Um, And then when we graduate medical school, we are eligible to be a full-fledged physician, just like an MD. So for example, I'm I'm in surgery residency. Um, so, you know, when I'm done with residency, God willing, I'll be a surgeon, um, and I'll have the training behind me to do that. Plus also, if I wanted to, um, manipulation and those types of things, which I do, uh, I do use on my patients, but, um, 
additionally, and, and so that I specifically wanted to go to a medical school that was a DO school. That was just that was my choice. Mm-hmm. That was what I thought was um, kind of aligned with my values of holistic medicine. And then um, for the other part, I learned what public health was, the field of public health, and I kind of felt like that was a perfect marrying of my passions of health and justice because public health deals with obviously health of, you know, an overall population and how that's impacted in different ways. Um, And I was really drawn to that field. So once I knew what public health was, I was like, okay, there's so many different ways to pursue that and be a part of that. You can go to medical school and be a physician. You can go to law school and be a lawyer. You could get a doctorate in public health or a master's in public health. And I think I approached graduating college just in general knowing that I wanted to somehow impact public health. So -hmm. then when I graduated college, I was like, okay, I have all the prereqs for medical school, and I still don't think I could take away the interest that I have in law. Um, or public health. So what do I do? So I applied, I took the LSAT and I took the MCAT and I applied to a bunch of schools that had both or that had one or the other. And one of the schools I applied to that I was really interested in was Nova Southeastern University where me and Laura went um, because they had both a DO program and a JD program that was reputable. And they also had a master's of public health. So (laughs) I approached Nova before I started anything, and I said, listen, I have been accepted to all three of your programs. Would you consider piloting a um, program that I could pursue all three simultaneously? And at first they kind of looked at me like I was crazy, which, (laughs) you know, they weren't far (laughs) off, but – they ultimately agreed to, to let me try this and it had never been, never been done before where somebody had pursued all three at the same time. There's obviously been people who've done all three, um, you know, individually, but uh, Mm -hmm. this was kind of a new idea. Um, So uh, I actually did all three at the same time. Um, I started the first semester of the six years that I did um, where I kind of overlapped all three of them, was medical school. And then after that, there was never a semester that was just one thing or the other. It was always combined after my first semester. Um, so, yeah, I kind of went into it all knowing that I was going to do all three. Wow. What was, what That's was amazing. that like? <laughs> yeah, what, what, what was that like? I mean, I can't even... I, I have a busy schedule, but I can't even imagine what that would be like working on three, <laughs> you know, graduate degrees at the same time. Wow. <laughs> um, it was it was really hard, and it, it's still something that I look back on fondly and kind of kind – of, in awe at the same time, because I'm like, how did I make it through that? But um, I think that it really was a big time of growth for me. I learned something when I went to college. I remember doing pre-med and international affairs and just thinking, 
there's no way I'm going to be able to do this. And then you learn that you can do more than you think you can do, you know? Right. And, um, and so then it was kind of that same growth, you know, high, um, steep learning curve of when I started graduate school, it was just like, there's no way, there's just no way I can do this. And then you learn, you can do more than you think you can. But caveat with caveat that with saying the only reason I, I made it through any of them, let alone all three was, I think two main things. The first being my faith. I think that that was a huge part of, just being able to do it every day and um, keep me sane. And then the second was I had so much support. You know, my family was very supportive. My classmates were very supportive, um, both in medical school and in law school. I made amazing friends and classmates and also in professors that were just um, cheering me on, you know, so if I had a bad day, I could go to one of my classmates and just vent and they would listen. And that was a really important, really important part of being able to just keep, you know, getting up every day and doing it again and again and again. Um, the, the six year, I quote unquote program, it was just kind of a, what we kind of made it was, um, it was very, it was very stretching, uh, and I loved school. I obviously loved school, <laughs> uh, maybe too much, but uh, it was interesting because you know you would see so many different perspectives. Like I remember being in a law school class, and they would, you know, there'd be lectures about a medical case, and it was just interesting to see the perspective how different Mm -hmm. they were. And one of my favorite things to do was to kind of bridge that gap between the two and, and translate, you know, so, you know, the medical perspective of what lawyers are translating that for them and, and kind of bringing some perspective there as well as the other way around. Um, Because there's so many times where they can be seen as antagonizing each other, unfortunately. And, um, and I see so many areas where they can complement and overlap and just really help people because I think that's why we all go into those fields is, um, you know, and counseling as well is wanting to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and did you, or rather, did did your family and friends complain that they never saw you? <laughs> um, I think... I really tried hard to make my family and friends a priority, a main priority in my life um, in school. And um, there would be times where I think I would get stressed out and I would just want to just shut everyone out and just study. And I think they were gracious and like I specifically, my family were so supportive. And at the same time, if I started to get too much into an area where I just wanted to just study and, and close everybody else out, they'd be the ones to be like, Hey, you know, we love you. And, um, you know, you need to come home for Thanksgiving instead of studying for finals. <laughs> and I'm so grateful that they did that. You know, I'm so grateful that they did because it provided such a good balance. And I think it would have been so much easier 
uh, to just kind of go into study mode and and shut everyone out. So I'm so thankful that they pushed me to to make relationships a priority because that's the way it should be. Right, right. And and are yeah. your parents are your parents still practicing nurses? Yeah, yeah, they are. Um, my my parents live in Tampa, and they're both nurses. And um, I think I get a lot of my bedside manner, quote unquote, from from them, which I'm very thankful for because they are just the best people I've ever met. Um, and the way that they approach people in general is just beautiful and humble and sweet. And so I just hope that uh, that hopefully continues to rub off on me. I, I think. I think we can say that it has rubbed off on you. <laughs> I don't think I don't think you're in the process. I think I think you're there. I think you're there. For sure. And I just want to mention to the listeners, if they're interested in joining Carissa's fan club, they can send a message <laughs> through our show page and I'll send them information. <laughs> And I want to I want to I want to switch gears a little bit um, because I I know with your background, you know, being a physician, um, having a master's in public health, especially, um, and you know, I had I had a short stint over at the uh, Florida Department of Health here in Broward County uh, back in 2013, mm-hmm. where I did some work for them, and I learned I know I learned a lot about vaccines and immunizations and um, and it still remains a controversial subject because I know that there are many instances where parents have decided not to vaccinate children and here in Florida they can they can go to the Department of Health and request a religious exemption I think that's the only exemption that exists, so that's pretty much the exemption that people request. And, you know, the Department of Health doesn't ask any details. I guess, you know, it's it's your right to refuse vaccines. Um, and, and, you know, there's all this talk about, you know, vaccines being linked to other medical issues and disorders. Uh, what are your thoughts? on vaccines, and and let me just preface it by saying that, you know, I'm one that anytime my physician has recommended a particular vaccine, I take it. I take all the vaccines that I've been recommended to take, and I'm pretty up-to-date on on everything. Um, So that's kind of where I stand. What are your thoughts on that, Carissa? I think that's a that's a really great question. Um, and first off, I, I I understand that regardless of where people stand on this subject, that overall we can all agree that our perspectives may be different, but in one way I think they're all the same, and that is that, you know, these parents that are choosing to vaccinate or not to vaccinate their children are doing so because they care about their kids, and they're doing so because they feel like Mm -hmm. what they're choosing is the best thing for them, and there's nothing wrong with 
there's nothing wrong with yeah. that. I think that's, that is a mm-hmm. common ground that we can all agree upon. Um, and that's an important part of public health is to find, you know, some common ground. Um, and, you know, I was raised very, um, I, my, my parents are, are total hippies. You know, we have a, a Volkswagen camper bus. Like <laughs> I love it. Ran around, <laughs> ran around barefoot. You know, we ate we ate yeah. our granola and took our supplements. And um, I have a, a deep appreciation for for knowing that people want to take charge of their own health. And I think that is so important because there's so many people that don't. And um, unfortunately, I think a lot of some perspective in the media or lay people and be like, oh, doctors, they just want to shove medicine down your, your mouth. But every doctor I've ever been to, um, and I know the way that I was trained is, you know, teach your patients to exercise and eat well and, you know, all of these important preventative measures. But then after that, if people don't take your advice and they don't do those things, you know, you have disease. And then, of course, you know, not getting into a whole other topic, but then there's people that have disease regardless of how great of care they take of themselves. Um, so with all of that kind of upfront, vaccines um, can cause some fear in people that really don't uh, trust physicians or trust, you know, quote unquote, the medical community. And, and, and I understand that because I grew up with people like that. Um, as a physician, Um, And as someone who's really looked at a lot of the studies that are behind vaccines, um, I think vaccines are very important because they not only protect you, they protect others who, for whatever reason, may not be as healthy, you know, whether they have, um, you know, a decreased immune system because of cancer or because of some other ailment. Um, or they're just old or they're too young to really have a great immune system, um, it's important to protect each other and, and protect ourselves. Um, you know, some of these vaccines, they prevent cancer. And I've seen cancer. And I know that too many people know people who have died or have lived and struggled through fighting cancer. And cancer sucks. I hate it. I hate cancer so much. And so if there's a vaccine that prevents cancer, um, you know, AKA HPV that causes, you know, can cause cervical cancer, throat cancer, various forms of cancer. There's now vaccines out there that can prevent that. Um, So personally, I have gotten all of my vaccines. I will continue to do so. I will continue to recommend them. All of the studies show that there is no link between vaccines and autism. There is no link between vaccines and um, some of these diseases that people have said are shown to have links. Um, But I also understand that, you know, science evolves and I don't want to discount the fact that one day we could be like, oh, wow, actually this vaccine does cause something. Um, But there is absolutely no links that have shown that thus far. Um, So I'm a very strong proponent of, yes, we need to take care of each other and take care of ourselves. These parents want to do the best thing for their kids. And so it's our job as physicians to help educate them and show them that this is the best thing for their kids, you know, preventing measles, preventing rubella, preventing all of these 
horrific diseases, um, smallpox, uh, is important not just for their kids but for other children and other people as well. Okay. That's, that's fair. And how about uh, any, any thoughts on homeopathic remedies? I know I'm big on, on homeopathic remedies. Well, that's definitely a controversial topic. So um, I am very open to holistic medicine. Um, obviously, I appreciate a lot of different modalities of treatment. For me, it's really important to use modalities that have been shown to have a benefit. Um, and so if people want to use different modalities that might not have as much backing as far as, you know, ways of treating things, um, I'm not necessarily against it. When I do get concerned is when, A, it costs people a lot of money with no benefit, or, B, it actually harms them. So, for example, um, I had a very good friend of mine who, um, you know, she ate everything organic. She took all of her supplements. She did yoga. She was a very healthy person and very beautiful person. And she developed breast cancer. Um, She was young. She was 30, uh, active, and she was a new mother, and she developed breast cancer. And Uh. she went to... She went to a physician who told her, you know, these are the most up-to-date treatments, um, including, you know, medicines and surgery. And then she decided to go to a homeopathic doctor who told her, you know, you need to take these supplements and you need to do these things and the cancer will go away. So for a year, she disregarded the physician's advice and she went to this homeopathic um, clinician And she did all of these things. Meanwhile, her cancer just continued to grow and grow and grow and grow. And her and her family went bankrupt because of all of the treatments that they invested in. Um, So that angers me because this woman, by the time a year was over, her breast cancer was the size of a basketball. Um, she She had to wear a sling to lift the breast cancer tumor because it was so large. And she had lost all this time that could have really made the treatment very non-invasive. And, you know, by the time she went back to her physician, it was a completely different treatment plan because now the cancer had spread. And. So I think I'm very much all for people using different modalities of treatment, but A, I I urge them to discuss it with a physician because we do go to medical school, we do go to residency, not because we want to shove pills down people's throats, but because we want people to be healthy and well. Um, And I would just say if it starts to cost people a lot of money or it gets in the way of them actually taking treatments that are shown to help, that's where I draw the line for myself. Um, and where I think it's just dangerous. Um, right. But otherwise, I think, yeah. you know, supplements, et cetera, like those things, and you have to be careful. You know, I just had a conversation with my mom last night. Like their supplements are not regulated by the FDA, and you don't know what's in them. Um, I, I mean, I take some supplements. I'm not trying to demonize supplements, but you have to be careful with what's in them because there's, there's even carcinogenic uh, properties that can be found in some of these supplements that people are taking um, so 
I think we can all agree that health is really important and that I think in general mm-hmm. the population these days is really big on being informed about their own health. They don't just want to blindly take somebody's advice, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, becoming a master of Google or going to someone who doesn't have any um, real training in an area uh, of health is, is harmful a lot of times. So I think it's important to kind of balance those things. I think it's important to make sure that you're getting your health information from reputable sources. Right. Right. Yeah, I, um, you know, last year I was in uh, Mexico City. I want to say it was around July. And I noticed in Mexico City there were at least four or five homeopathic hospitals, like large buildings. You know, they they were pretty huge. And, you know, it dawned on me. I don't think I've ever known of a homeopathic hospital in the United States. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's definitely clinics. And, and those types of things. Um, so it's it's not far-fetched to have it in the United States either. Um, but, yeah, I would just, again, I think, I think a great thing that a lot of different health perspective-minded people will all agree on is that a healthy lifestyle is really important. Um, right. It's not, a, it's not about taking, like, a bushel of supplements or mm. 50 pills of, you know, whatever medicine, um, which, P.S., medicines in general are all derived from natural sources. So, you know, they're not just these evil substances. Right, um, right. But we all come from the same perspective of, A, we want to help people. B, um, we want people to try to live healthy lifestyles because that's where health starts. Is, is that, you know, what you eat, your activity level, you know, your mental health, all those things are important regardless of what school of thought you um, ascribe to. Right. Yeah, for so what, sure. can we, what can we, what can we expect in Carissa's future? What's Carissa's plans? Uh, <laughs> well, I don't have I don't have a plan to be honest. I am just trying to finish up my surgery residency and much like I've done, kind of uh just follow my passions and follow, you know, things that align with my values as far as how I can best help people and um you know, continue to pursue just having my life balanced as much as possible as far as, you know, my priorities being first, my faith, my family. Um, and helping others, I think those are all, I think as long as those things are in balance, whatever quote-unquote path I take, whether I, um, I I likely will continue to be involved with health policy. I've been involved with health policy for a while, um, whether it be lobbying or um, consulting. I think I'll also continue to be involved in health uh, law. I love, 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 love law, and I love how that intersects with health. And... Um, and I'll obviously continue to be involved in medicine. One of the main reasons I got involved in this in the first place is I'd like to be involved with medical mission work. So um, just continuing to follow those passions, I guess. <laughs> right. No, and, and you know, I, uh, I can first attest to, you know, seeing, seeing your faith firsthand 
and and I know that your faith has carried you through uh, many of your accomplishments, and uh, you know all glory to God on that. And you know um, I think it's great also that you have not limited your passions. You know you haven't sat there and said, well, you know there's no way I can do law, medicine, public health, policy. I can't do it all, so I'm going to have to focus on one or the other. No, you, you're doing everything yeah. you love to do. And, you know, and I, I, can, I can relate to that because, you know, my life is similar in that there are many different things I do, you know, from ministry to counseling to private investigations mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, doing the show. You know, so there's a bunch of things that I do that – don't appear to be related to each other, you know. Um, exactly. But, Both of you. But they're passions of yeah. mine, and, mm-hmm. and I've never given up on any of them, you know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it, it, it has taken long hours to be able to do everything I want to do. But, you know, if, um, if life were to end today or tomorrow, I can say that I have no regrets because I've, I've done everything I've wanted to do. So uh, I, I can really relate to your passion and your your commitment. Yeah, and, you know, I, I love that both of you are, are pursuing that because too often, um, you know, I see people, and I think it's an easy thing to fall into, where their identity is really wrapped in their career and their identity is really wrapped in how much money they make. And, um, again, you know, I see, I see death and I see life every day, every day. And no one at the end of their life that I've been a part of their, their end of their life so far, um, and, 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 you know, watching them make that journey has ever regretted, you know, not working more or wanting wish that they had worked more or wish that they had made more money. You know, it's it's right. all about their relationships and the impact that they've had on people and you know, their heart's desires and um those priorities that they really focus on. So I think yeah. that um I've been fortunate enough to have that perspective and to really keep that as my focus because I think it's really easy for me included to, to really get blindsided by some of the things that, you know, media or, you know, just the popular thing of the day is to, to really pursue whether that be money or status or whatnot. Um, I think, like you said, it's really important to pursue your passions and uh, ultimately, you know, helping people and, and making the world a better place. Yes, Absolutely. And you know I'm, I completely agree. I'm, yeah. I, I'm I'm blessed and honored because I know that you, Carissa, and you, Laura, you both are here in this world to make the world a better place. I know that. I know that about both of you. And and you touch lives, and sometimes you don't realize how many lives you touch. You know, um, there, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of college students and graduate students that are listening to the show this evening and many who have sent me messages that 
can't, couldn't listen to our live show, but they're going to tune in later because the audio will remain. So they can actually, if they miss the show, they can they can actually listen to it. So you'll never know how many lives you've really touched, you know, just just in this interview alone, but also just in your daily walk. You know, um, I uh, I've observed both of you, uh, Carissa, a lot longer than Laura, but you know, it doesn't take me long to to really assess someone, um, particularly when when they are filled with a with a very good spirit. So, you know, I can I can say that, that both of you, you know, are good spirits and 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 really uh set out to do well and to help others. And and for me I think there's no greater calling on this earth than to be able to help people. And to be able to help yeah. people that are in pain and that are suffering. You know. I completely agree. I agree. I think, yeah. uh, I think, you know, everybody, it's easy to see on social media or to, or to you know, even hear discussions like this and to think, um, you know, so-and-so has done all these things and they've got their life together. But, you know, what you don't see is that a lot of these things come from a place of um, hard work and they also come from a place of brokenness. I think a lot of right. people that really value helping other people, like you said, to decrease suffering are those who've also suffered themselves, and so they seek to prevent that suffering in other people. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so I think, you know, there's beauty from the ashes in, in so many different ways. Um, and so I think I recognize that in, in so many people that really want to make the world a better place is because they want to, they want to help people and prevent that, that suffering that maybe they've, they've gone through or that they've seen other people go through. Right. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that a lot. And, and I think it's also a lot of like internal work, you know, if you are in a, in a good place, if you feel good about yourself and you're happy, you're pursuing your passions, it's, you know, like you can give a lot when you are feeling well yourself. So I think it's, mm, it's like yeah. a, you know, like a combination of taking care of yourself and taking care of others in, in, a, in numerous ways. It can be through um, being a physician. It can just be like a smile um, to the grocery clerk or like a nice word to the bus driver. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. It it can be the little things as well, you know. It, it can be Absolutely. the really big gestures or the, you know, like the the day to day stuff that I think can really make this this world a, a better place for sure. Absolutely agree with you, and and I I definitely want to just echo what you said as far as you know all the little things make a big difference, and it's really important to take care of yourself, or else you really can't. Yeah. Um, help others as best mm-hmm. as you could. So I think it's mm-hmm. definitely a balance. You know, it's not you don't want to be a selfish person. At the same time, you don't want to sacrifice uh, your mental health for you know trying to be a people pleaser or trying to exactly um, you know do all doing all these things. It's definitely just got to be 
some balance there. Yeah, and and for example, from my own personal experience, I think I'm I'm better able to support and provide any type of help if I am well. You know, if if I'm working on my mind, if I'm working on my body, if I'm I don't know, reading inspiring books and just having like um like a like a feeling of gratefulness for a lot of things. I I feel that I am a better that I can contribute more to this world and to my family and to my friends when I am in that place. So it's it's been interesting. It's 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 quite a journey. I think it's an, a, a never ending journey, right? To mm. to to find that love and that balance and and giving. It's just it's. I think it's a life journey for sure. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Any uh, any closing comments? I know um, I, we've uh, we've taken up we've taken up time, and I I, I feel bad, but I I, it, I kind of feel bad, but I really don't because I've enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> so, um, it's been but, it's been great, um, Carissa. Still super inspired by since law school and hearing what you've been up to. I think you're definitely a great example for all of us of stretching our boundaries, of believing in yourself, of pursuing your passions, knowing your whys. So very fulfilled with this conversation and so happy that we reconnected through the show. So I'm I'm very happy. So thank you so much for your time. You know, there's no there's no coincidences and. Uh, Laura just flew in a short time ago from Colombia. So I did. Wow. <laughs> I uh, I, was... I definitely am so thankful that we got to do this because um, I don't know. It's it's like inspired me to be able to think back to our law school days and 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 hear about you following your passion and and mm-hmm. I think that's so amazing. So I think it's definitely been a theme tonight. Um, and I just, it's definitely a treat. I'm so glad, Michael, that you did that because that is just so <laughs> I know. It was super special. Thank you, Michael, once again. Yeah, you know, all glory to God because I, uh, I, just, I just helped to put the pieces together. When I mm-hmm. got that message from Laura and she said, I know, Carissa, I went to law school with her. I'm like, What? <laughs> <laughs> that was the response. Like, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be my guest co-host for that show. <laughs> and it worked yeah. out perfectly. It was great. Yeah. It really was. And thank you so much for inviting me. Um, I am just really thankful to get to have this opportunity to talk and possibly, mm-hmm. you know have somebody relate to my story or Laura's story and uh, inspire them or challenge their way of thinking. And, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate you inviting me to the show. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Um, thank you once again, both of you, for, for joining me this evening on the Michael Calderon Show. And uh, for the listeners, you know, if you have a question or a comment, um, you're welcome to send a message through the show page 
and I'll be sure to forward it on if it's if it's either for Laura or Carissa. Um, if you want to listen to any previous shows, you can go to www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Michael Calderon Show. Uh, I want to thank you once again for tuning in. Uh, we're going to close out with a song by Danielle Morgan, who is, uh, who's a friend and, and listener in the U.K., who is a singer. And um, I know she's going to be making her way over to the U.S. Um, there's several, several tours going on over in the U.K. Uh, you want to follow her, uh, Real Danny, Morning, Danny Morgan Music, Dot com, uh, and you can follow her on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, also, go to her website. Um, she has an amazing, amazing voice, and um, and she she was on the show. I guess it's about two and a half years ago. Um, so I know she's due to come back. She's she's had some more some more uh, songs that that she's put out with uh, with John Merrigan. So. Um, I know that they're eager to come back on the show from the UK, so we'll be we'll be working on that as well. So thank you so much. Have a great night. God bless you all. And uh, we're going to close out with "Shy" by Danielle Morgan.
You've been tuned to The Michael Calderon Show. We thank you so much for tuning in.